Welcome to the Hot Stove presented by the Cup of Mets podcast. I'm Ian Bosniak, joined alongside by Matt DeSantis, as always, and uh, kind of a neg- in a negative mood today. Uh, Matt, how are you doing? Mm, well, not so well. Dude. Dude. <laughs> we, we did not get Yoshinibu Yamamoto, so now I think it's time to pivot. And we'll, I have a funny feeling. I don't know. Maybe this is just speculation, but a part of me feels like their pivot is going to be like one signing guys to one to two year deals max. I don't think that they're going to pivot to like a Snell or Montgomery at this point. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's crazy. I mean, whichever way they go, I mean, we'll we'll discuss it all. And just I mean, the, finally, the saga has come to an end, but unfortunately not not in our fa- favor. So a somber, somber uh, mood today. But Again, we're just getting going here. Uh, just before we do, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As Matt mentioned in the intro, Yoshinibu Yamamoto signed with the LA Dodgers, 12 years, $325 million. Um, the Mets offered the same exact deal. The Yankees came in at 300 over 10 years. He chooses to be out in Hollywood on the West Coast with Shohei Otani and company. What was your initial reaction when you saw it? Ugh, I was just kind of just like, fuck. But you know what? We were in it until the, until the end, and we gave him the choice. It was it's It was the same money, so we were ready to go the same amount of years and money-wise. Uh, that the Dodgers did because after the posting fee, which is fifty million, it's it's a three hundred and seventy five million dollar commitment. So, I mean, they they were they were gonna do it, but honestly, I don't I I could I see why he chose there. Otani, they're gonna have a super team in LA. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, they're gonna win right away. He said that he didn't want to be on a little brother team. So he, obviously in LA, that's the Angels. So he's with the Big Brother and the Dodgers. Um, yeah. You know, it's just when I look at it, I don't know if it was maybe just media speculation or just bad reporting, whatever it may be. But we were talking about three fifty, three seventy five. You know what I mean? And he ends up getting three twenty five, twelve years, and that's twenty seven annually. Mm-hmm. I was thinking he was, and the Yankees offered him thirty million annually. I was thinking that he was going to get like $33, 34000000 million annually. Yeah. And it it shifted to something that I didn't see coming. He obviously wanted the, you know, that decade-long contract. So, yeah. uh, and, and he got it. But I don't know. Would you have offered more money? I feel like I, I would have. I, I would have given him, I would have given him like, you know, flex flex that cash. Yeah, I know, but I would have done. I would have done like the Mets, three, see, the, the, the Mets. I could see that one backfiring on us. Yeah, but like, dude, give them like three sixty over twelve. That's thirty million a year. Yeah. Again, the posting fee would be a little yeah, higher, think... so it would be a four hundred million dollar acquisition. But I think if the Mets and the Dodgers both offered him four hundred million flat, he would have picked the Dodgers still. Like, I think this was more mainly about preference and knowing that the Mets are probably not going to be, you know, contending this year. 
I mean, ultimately it did come down to preference because it was, you know, they, he was presented with the same offer. I think that I don't even think it really had so much to do with him not believing in the Mets, Mets chance of, you know, winning and contending in 2024 and beyond. But I think it was more so like Shohei's in LA. He grew up a Dodgers fan, you know, that whole appeal of them. I mean, obviously, yeah, they're a, a super team and they're a powerhouse even before he got there. But um, yeah, it's just kind of like upsetting because I, I really was under the impression that Steve Cohen's offer was going to be significantly higher than any of the others. And it ended up coming in at 325 over 12. I don't know. I just would have flexed that cash a little bit more. I know that you mentioned that you would have seen it backfiring on the Mets, knowing the Mets. Yeah, definitely could have happened, but you know, you were willing to go 325 over 12 years. That's those are still large dice that you're rolling. Exactly. You're you're not wrong with that. I mean, they did they they did everything they could. They went to Japan. He came to Steve's house. Like, so I mean, at least I give the Mets credit for going hard on this. I think if if he wasn't going to LA, he would have been a Met. He wasn't gonna be a Yankee, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with that because I think he wanted those 12 years and I know that he wanted an opt out after year five and year eight. Um, I'm positive that the Mets probably would have put that into the contract. So that wouldn't have been a problem. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like now we know that, OK, you mentioned again also in the intro, we have to pivot and we know that the pivoting is not going to be the remaining big guys, you know, pitching wise in the sense of Montgomery, Snell and. You know, I'm an, I'm I'm fine with that in the sense of, you know, um, Blake Snell wanting two hundred million dollars, him barely going beyond five innings. You know, I can go on and on. Montgomery wanting a Carlos Rodon contract, I'm not giving him that. Um, but it, it takes away. You know, listen, off seasons don't need that flair in order for a team to win that next year. But it doesn't look like we're gonna end up with that splashy type of acquisition and i think that that is something that's kind of frustrating after we were like all right we're winning a world series in 2023 and then within six months we know that we're just contending in 2024 yeah no i agree it's definitely been like i said uh and i mean last year dude they he flexed that money he signed all he spent a lot of money last off season yeah we're still paying Exactly. So I don't know, man. At this point, hopefully they just make uh, maybe splash into the trade market. Yeah, I mean, they already did that. And we'll we'll touch upon that where you mentioned one and two year deals. Um, I, you know, just a name that I want to bring up, you know, I don't know if he's going to get the longevity in terms of years. Um, also, I'm not sure that he's going to get the money that he's seeking, but one and two year deals, right? We saw Jack Flaherty with the Orioles. We saw Seth Lugo and Michael Waka get mid-level AAVs over two and three years with the Royals. Um, yeah. I'm really looking at, you know, two names in particular. One would kind of be like a splashier name, I guess, you would, if you would want to say, in Shota Imanaga. Um, I think Shoda should be their first, their priority now. I think they should pivot if they're confident in their scouting. I think they should pivot to Shoda Imanaga, who's that other uh, left-handed Japanese starter, 30 years old. 
probably will command a five-year deal. However, it's been reported that he may get $20 million AAV, so that may be an issue. But if he's good, that also does fit within the Mets window. Um, so yep. I think Imanaga. And then the other one you know, that I would really consider is Lucas Giolito. I don't know where you're at on either of those. I agree. I was going to say both uh, uh, both of those names. I wouldn't mind Lucas Giolito on like a two-year deal or like a one-year, show us what you got. One year, like $13 million maybe. Yeah, yeah. You could even you could even go, you can even go two years twenty eight so fourteen million dollars two years twenty six like you know I don't know I I think I I forget what it was reported but it was in terms of MLB trade rumors what they pegged him for getting at the de- uh at you know in free agency but I think they predicted like a four year contract worth like seventy two million dollars right so you would say eighteen million dollars annually. You know, that's a little steep for me in this market. Obviously, pitchers are getting paid. I would I would maybe go two years, $32 million. Like if he's demanding that high AEV, 16 mil um, per, right? But it's definitely steep. But would you go 20 mil on Imanaga? Yeah, I would. Yeah? Four years, 80 million. I would do. Five years, 100? Yeah, I would do it. Why not? Screw it. Considering we're all 330 million at Yamamoto, we might as well get somebody else. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And 20 million is definitely down from what we were projecting him to get. So I would, again, Imanaga is, I think, should be priority number one for the Mets. Lucas Giolito last year, he tossed 185 innings. Um, that was impressive because he's had some seasons where he's gone gotten injured however he's made 30 plus starts in his last three seasons he really had a nice 2021 and 2020 before he got hurt as well as in 2019 14 and 9 and 29 starts 341 era worth 5.2 war um and in 2022 he was worth 4.1 war um you know, his strikeout numbers were up this past season from 2022 when he kind of started a little bit of a downswing, 490 ERA, 406 FIP, however. This past year, 488 ERA, 527 FIP. He, you know, I, I think the impact of him playing with three teams really startled him quite a yeah. bit. So I think that that was a reason, one of the reasons for his inconsistent uh, performances. But He's just 29 years old, and we know the talent Giolito has. So I think Lucas Giolito would be an obvious candidate for the Mets to go after. The My only issue with that is we already have Severino, who is a reclamation project in and of himself, right? So if you're bringing in someone like Giolito, who you're not 100% sure what you're going to get, aside from maybe the durability, that's something that you have to consider because you don't, you don't have many givens in the rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. We we definitely need. That's why I think you said it right. Priority one should be Imanaga, because then at least he's he's looking like you're what your number two, number three. Yeah, yeah, probably probably your number two. And then I think you would have to probably go another guy, another innings eater to at least a one or two year deal. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even know who who that would be. You know what I mean? Um, Clevenger, Mike Clevenger, 
Mike Clevenger would be C, but everybody that's left on the free agent market. And I think that there's a bunch of players, whether it be a Clevenger or a Gilito, guys who legitimately have upside that are good pitchers, but they all, again, despite Giolito making 30 plus starts the last three seasons, you still do have question marks with, with his health because of his prior injuries, right? So that's just something that you have to think about. Mike Clevenger, he, he, I mean, this past year with Chicago made 24 starts and you know that I've been a big advocate of a guy like Mike Clevenger. I think that he would fit very nicely as well. And he would probably come cheaper than a Lucas Giolito. If you're adding Clevenger, you could go Kodai Sanga, Luis Severino, assuming that he's healthy, Jose Quintana, Mike Clevenger, Adrian Hauser, who we just acquired, and we'll talk about that. And then you have Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, and Jose Budo as depth pieces. And then if the Mets even wanted to go crazier, they could literally sign a Minaga, pick up one of these pieces so that you have a competitive rotation. You can go Sanga, Imanaga, Severino, Quintana, and then like a Clevenger. And then you have the Adrian Hauser as your six man because you'll need a six man with Kodai and Imanaga in the rotation. So they could also do that. And signing Clevenger and Imanaga is far cheaper than Yamamoto, as we established already. Yeah, for sure. It would be cheaper. So there's definitely like different ways that this club can pivot here. Um, you know, with that being said, we'll definitely have more news next week when we touch base after the holidays. We'll probably have a little bit more clarity. I expect the Mets to make a move, um, <laughs> you know, whether it be tomorrow or even Christmas Eve. I could see something maybe potentially right after yep. Christmas as well. Um, but, and we expect the pitching front to move quicker now that Yamamoto is off the board. So I expect that we'll see an acquisition there. We're also looking into bats. Where are you there right now? I know that we sp- spoke a couple days ago. Um, I think, you know, we mentioned Imanaga, Giolito as, you know, priorities. I think that the Mets also need to ensure that they bring in ju- one of Justin Turner, JD Martinez. Teoscar Hernandez, if he's willing to yeah. sign on a one-year deal, um, because I don't think they're going after Soler. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think that they're going to get Soler either, but that would be my number one, then probably like Teoscar Hernandez. But I do like Justin Turner. I wouldn't mind that, just not at the numbers that we were talking about last podcast. Yeah, maybe one million. Maybe at one year, maybe one year at 17 million bucks. Yeah, I don't know. He had a great season last yeah. year. You know, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give him credit there. He did what he had to do in Boston, and you know, if the Mets do that, then they have insurance over at third. Um, and you kind of go from there. But I definitely think that the next couple priorities are you got to get that starting rotation filled, and you got to add a bat, mm-hmm. and it comes down yeah. to that. I totally agree with you, bro. I think we need another uh we need another power hitter in our lineup. So hopefully they can get that done before Christmas. That would be nice. Something before Christmas. Something. The big the biggest the biggest uh 
acquisition of the offseason happened a few days ago for the Metropolitans. Yes. So the other day, thank you for that. The other day, the Mets sent Coleman Crow, prospect, right-handed starter who underwent Tommy John surgery, will be out the entirety of 2024. The Mets acquired him. Here's the little lineage here. They acquired him from the Angels in exchange for Eduardo Escobar. So now, essentially, Eduardo Escobar has given the Mets outfielder Tyrone Taylor, just 29 years old, won't be a free agent until 2027, and right-handed starting pitcher Adrian Hauser, who um, there have been injuries that have come along his way. With that said, he's a guy that'll go out there every fifth day. He's not an overpowering pitcher, but he commands the strike zone well, and he gets a ton of ground balls. And I think that ensuring that you have a strong defense behind him is going to be key. But what do you make of the move? You know, I, w- I thought it was a really nice uh, move. Well, um, they, they're they using their resources properly. So they, they uh, hit two birds with one stone. They got a fourth outfielder who is younger and cheaper than a Michael A. Taylor, who I think they really wanted to prioritize a fourth uh, outfielder that specialized in defense and speed. So bringing in, I think, this trade with getting Tyrone Taylor, I think he's making $1.7 million uh, arbitration one, and then uh, Adrian Hauser. So I think they just they they use their resources well, considering it only took Coleman Grow to get that, which I'm quite surprised. Um, like you said, he was acquired from the Angels at the trade deadline last year for Eduardo Escobar, and another pitcher was in there, Landon Marciu. Um, so we'll see how he does in the Mets system this year. But overall, we got two pieces, and we. Only gave up a Coleman Crow who will not be pitching until 2025. So I think overall it was a good deal. Uh, definitely had a big influence from David Stearns there. He knows that yep. system. And I don't think any other team would have gotten those two guys for that sh- small price. So it's nice to hear that other GMs and uh, high level up baseball execs are tipping their cap to the Mets saying that, that was a nice deal. Yeah, and it was also a little salary shed that the Brewers wanted to do as well. You mentioned the 1.7 owed to Tyrone, and again, that's arbitration, so we'll see how that ultimately pans out. But then you also have Hauser making, I think, a little $5 million and change. So essentially, the Mets are taking on $7 million. So they, as you said, they killed two birds with one stone. They, you know, if we're cutting it straight down the middle... $3.5 $3.5 million a piece. They got a starting pitcher and a, and a fourth outfielder. So, and I think Tyrone Taylor has a little bit of boom potential in 2022. He, he did hit 17 home runs with 51 ribbies and extended playing time, little over 400 plate appearances, um, 102 weighted runs created plus. So that's a bubble league average posted a 2.1 war. He's an excellent defender. So I think that, that, that that's something that, um, could fly under the radar, but he's an A plus defender, you know, and I think that that's really key. So the defense in general is going to be upgraded. Again, we we have to ensure that the infield defense is up to par with a guy like Adrian Hauser, who's coming in. Um, 
but Tyrone Taylor, his arm value is within the 81st percentile uh, per stat cast. His arm strength is within the 85th percentile and he's fast as hell, 86th percentile. So a guy that is a very good base runner, great fielder. He can hit the ball hard, has a little bit of pop. Nice ad, nice ad. I think that this is a move that, as you said, they're using the resources properly. This isn't a trade that you would often see from the Mets. So to see it come to fruition and see something like this occur is great. I just hope that Tyrone Taylor doesn't end up being our left fielder. Um, and I hope that Adrian Hauser doesn't end up, you know, playing a pivotal part in the rotation because then that means that the Mets really went light on the rest of the offseason. Yeah. I mean, they, they still have more work to do. I don't think that they're done with that just after that move. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we mentioned it last episode. While they may not be you know, going absolutely crazy spending-wise, Steve Cohen still needs to put a good product out on the field, and he has to yeah. bring in names that will bring fans to the park. So you'll continue seeing these little moves made by a David Stearns, you know, to shore up some of the holes and whatnot, but I think you will see, you know, either an Imanaga or a Giolito or someone like that acquired, as well as another bat, to kind of, you know, say to yourself, okay, the Mets have Justin Turner in the middle of their lineup now. You know, that gives us a little bit of reassurance. Oh, we got Imanaga to go along with Sanga. You know, that's a nice two-headed monster or decent, you know, and then, you know, for years to come, right? I think they're going to do something along those lines. I'm not giving up full faith there. Yeah, for sure. I don't think that they're done yet. They're going to add another bat. They're going to add at least another pitcher. Hopefully it is Imanaga. That'd be yeah. huge. Yeah, and then listen, then you just build a little bridge to to Edwin Diaz, and you exactly. go into and you go into twenty four with the pieces that you have. And again, I I still view the Mets as a wild card team. They just need to get the pitching rotation in order, and they need another middle of the order bat, as we have said a million times. But we'll continue to say it because uh, the hot stove has still been slow. But as you mentioned before, the Hauser Taylor trade has been the biggest moved thus far aside from the Severino signing. So nice to see a trade like that. And, um, you know, again, the Mets still have some work to do. Matt, any final words here before uh, we wrap up? Uh, just wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Hopefully uh, Uncle Stevie can give us a present this Christmas. If not, hopefully we can get one soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I echo that. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. Happy holidays to everybody. I believe we'll see you before the new year. If we don't for some reason, that means that the Mets signed absolutely nobody and they're just kind of in a stagnant uh, mood. So if we don't see you, happy new year. But uh, I, th I think we're both hoping that we'll touch base before then. Um, with all that being said, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We were at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite content. And again, just because we lost out on Yamamoto does not mean the world's ending, guys. So take a deep breath. Enjoy your holidays. Stearns and Cohen will have something cooking up. And, um, you know, I, I, think we'll, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. For sure. Matthew DeSantis, I'm Ian Bosniak. Again, happy holidays from the both of us and from Rob. And uh, take care, guys. Good night. Have a good night, everyone.